0: What's up, everyone? I'm Rod Rodriguez. Welcome to The Back Brief. Uh, as you can see, I've got, if you're on video, if you're watching me on uh, YouTube, you can see I've got like this pesky, weird chin, white hair thing going on here. I can't, I can't deal with it. I, I don't want to take it out. I think it makes me look distinguished. Okay. That's the, that's the feedback I'm getting. The wife says it's distinguished. I think the wife is just being very kind. Also, you'll notice if you're, again, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I took the green screen down and I did that because I didn't like it. I, I, I liked having the logo and I liked having the Vanessa Guillen uh, a poster that we had up here on the top left. I, and I don't know, I'm watching myself on camera and it's like everything's backwards. Um, I thought the green screen looked a little bit too cable access channel. <laughs> I wasn't digging it that much. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need to bring it back. Uh, or if you have an idea for something in the background other than these uh, brown, uh these blue curtains um i'm thinking about maybe making the background a little dark and put some lights in there for dramatic effect i don't know i don't know i'm an audio guy i i I came up doing podcasts. you never had to see me really uh so this is a new experience being in front of a camera and having to deal with like what what goes in the background. but I do have some really cool uh lights in here before if you notice in the early videos, I was like flushed out like i don 't know what they call like bl- uh, whited out. Uh, I, it was like a ball of white light that was my base because it was just reflecting all of it. So, you know, I think we fixed some of the lighting issues. Now we got to fix the background issues. So, if you got some suggestions? Shoot them in the in the comments there. Let me know what you think. Uh, let's do uh, before we continue with this week's news. Also, uh, we are doing some amazing stuff at ConnectingBets.com, folks. If you found this podcast, if you're listening and you're just not sure where this amazing show came from it's from connecting vets so go to connectingvets.com right now. well not right now because you're watching this or you're listening to this but after we're done go to connectingvets.com and you're going to find some links to amazing stories we have a, a team of amazing reporters of absolutely phenomenal talented yeah i'm just i'm gassing them up whatever uh but they are really good at what they do and it's all about veteran news now here's the thing about veterans that i've noticed in my years is that we have a tendency to complain and be angry about issues that were we're like we should have known about this well people like abby bennett uh they probably wrote a story about it it just went under your radar get these topics back on your radar man maybe you got to fine tune that they expand your your search parameters we're independent we're telling the story as it is as it unfolds and we're right here in dc where all the crazier decisions get made for veterans and service members so even though we're connecting vets.com, folks, if you're a service member or you support the military, this is the website for you. There are there are some stories there that you won't believe are happening, and it's actually it's taking place. It's happening right now, and we are covering it. Uh, and the final bit of uh, business here, Vet Story. Folks, I do another show called Vet Story, and it's extremely 100%, uh, 180, different from what we're doing right here. So this is this is uh, the back brief. We talk about the news of the week, and, and I have a great time talking to some of our reporters. Vet story is completely different. You will not see an interview. You're not going to hear an interview on that podcast. It is veteran stories, stories that change their life, their perspective, stories that change the way that they thought, and it's their stories in their words. That's it. Boom. We add some special effects, some audio, magic. We, we want to make it, we're going to, we're, going to, we're going to make it interesting for you but it is a completely different kind of podcast than you've ever heard. Go check it out. Uh, That story, you can find it on all your podcast catchers. Just, you know, put in that story. It's all one word, V-E-T-S-T-O-R-Y. Boom. Intervet story, you're going to see us pop up. Subscribe, listen, like, and review us. For the love of God, please leave us a review. Tell us what you think. If you think it sucks, tell me that it sucks. But if you think it's great, and you think it's worthy of five stars, well, please leave us a five-star review. folks. This has been an insane week. We're going to talk about um, Nazi, Satanist, Jihadist. We're got an, we got an update on that story. Uh, we are talking about some really interesting post-retirement obligations that, the, that might be coming up. So if you're retiring after 20 years, you might be subject to some of these new rules. Uh, we are talking about the first female Special Forces, Green Beret. And there's some other stuff in there too. There's a lot of other stuff me and Jack uh, cover. It's, you know, that's the thing about talking to Jack Murphy. He's such an interesting person that we always kind of go off the rails a little bit. Anyways, let's kick this show off. Uh, my guest today is the amazing Jack Murphy. Jack, uh, thanks for joining me on the show, man. Uh, this has been a crazy week for some veteran news, and you have a headline that kind of fits in with the mood, the gist, the zeitgeist of 2020. What is it, man?
1: Yeah, man. Satanic Nazi soldier pleads not guilty in terror plot targeting his own unit. Um, And that sounds like the plot of a dime store novel, but it actually happened. So Army Private Ethan Meltzer is being charged by the Department of Justice. Um, He was talking to what he thought was – Satanic neo Nazis on uh, an internet messaging platform, but he was actually talking to a undercover informant. Um, So he was uh, talking to or trying to talk to uh, the so called Rape Waffen Division uh, and also ISIS and also Al Qaeda, according to the indictment, uh, and a group called the Order of the Nine Angels, which is uh, against like a satanic neo Nazi group, as, as strange as that sounds. And he was giving them. Operational security information about his unit's movements overseas, um, deploying to Turkey, and trying to have them contact their ISIS pals allegedly uh, to set up an ambush, an ambush and kill his own unit, which in his mind would be this like, great thing because it would draw America into another decade of war in the Middle East. Um, so the prosecutors, uh, you know, while well, he was arrested and he uh appeared before the southern district court of new york um this week he had to appear remotely all of the parties appeared remotely because of covid so uh, there's some interesting interplay with the court about that and he had a, you know he he volunteered to waive his rights to appear in person because of the covid stuff going on um and I, I got a copy of the transcript uh although there's not anything super significant in there other than the fact when the judge asked him how he pleaded to the six charges, their charges of attempted murder, conspiracy, um, intent to maim and injure. Um, he pled not guilty. Um, even though the feds appear to have the receipts, he pleads not guilty. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this trial unfolds. So, you know, we first talked about this a couple of
0: weeks ago. This guy got, got hemmed up by, we think the feds, probably people were you know, posing as uh, satanic Nazi recruiters, come help us and we'll kill your, uh, your, your group. Um, and I, I vaguely remember something to do with Al Qaeda or something like that was also kind of brought into the
1: mix. I, yeah. And it's not totally clear exactly what was going on from the, the portions of the chat transcripts that are inside the uh, criminal complaint, but it appears that he was talking to the order of the nine angels Um, slash these Rape Waffen Division weirdos. And um, the idea, at least the idea in Melzer's head, was that these neo-Nazis were going to contact people in ISIS or Al-Qaeda, essentially use jihadists to give them the information and let them execute the attack. So at least theoretically, it would be, you know, neo-Nazis collaborating with ISIS. Now, I don't think that was ever an actual plot. I think it was only a plot in Melzer's head and a plot in the head of an FBI informant. I don't think it went any further than that. Um, thank goodness. Um, but that seems to be the the concept behind it.
0: That is absolutely insane, man. Um, so what happens now? He's, he's pleading not guilty. Uh, is that normal? I mean, if they caught him, it seems like it should be a slam dunk.
1: Well, yeah, and what's interesting is that when he was initially arrested by the feds, he waived his Miranda rights and started talking to them. And while he was being interviewed by the feds, he confessed. He confessed and he even described his behavior as treasonous. So how he's going to plead not guilty. I mean, that's going to be very, very interesting. (laughs) And the the public defender that he has um, is going to have her work cut out for her, to say the least.
0: Good God. That's absolutely insane, man. So we've got Nazi, psycho, uh, not, uh, satanic, <laughs> Nazi, what, satanic, Nazi, what uh, is Satanic Nazi.
1: Jihadist. Treason, jihadist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy people out there. Um, is there any indication that this is not just him, that this was, have any other soldiers or uh, service members been implicated in this?
1: No, not at this time. No, it doesn't appear that there's a larger plot or a larger conspiracy. Uh, I, I suppose time will tell, but at, the, at this time, no, it doesn't seem so.
0: All right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, you had talked a little, we, we, we discussed a little bit before the show started about retirees. Um, so let's talk, you know, Mad Dog uh, Mattis comes out. He's a retiree. He's got some uh, some beef with the current administration. But now there is some new legislation out there that says even if you're a retiree, you could be held under some type of UCMJ, some type of, uh, of, of, you know, I guess a punishment process. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, it's a kind of a convoluted process. And I I don't think that, you know, Jim Mattis did anything illegal or anything that would warrant um, UCMJ action uh, against him. However, there, there's this interesting sort of loophole here. So if you serve 20 years in the military, especially it seems especially in the Navy and the Marine Corps, um, you do your 20 and retire, you are then placed into the fleet reserve, like the inactive reserve, for 10 years until you reach the 30-year mark. Um, So now you have 20 years active service, 10 years inactive, and then you are put into the normal retiree roles, the normal retiree ranks. Um, But during those 10 years that you're inactive, unless you've done your 30, if you did 30 years in the Navy or Marines, then you're out, you're you're, you're completely out. But during that 10-year period, if you retire after 20 years and you're in the fleet reserve, you are still susceptible to UCMJ action as it stands today. And this is kind of coming to a head because there is a, uh, a guy, uh, chief petty officer, Stephen Bagani. And, um, back in 2017, he was retired, but he continued to work on the base where he had been stationed uh, Marine Corps air station, uh, Iwakuni in Japan where he was doing aircraft maintenance. So 2017 he's there as a contractor now after retiring after 20 years and according to the court records I reviewed, he was on an online chat talking to somebody named quote unquote, I'm making air quotes here, Mandy, uh, who, who was uh, claiming to be a 15 year old girl. So he shows up at the house um, and it's a, you know, Chris Hansen, catch a predator type thing, and NCIS agents jump out of the closet like, hey, you're under arrest. Now, despite him being retired, despite him being a contractor, he was charged under UCMJ and uh, because he was a part of the fleet reserve. And his lawyer is now challenging the constitutionality of all of this because different retirees are falling under different rule sets. Um, if, so if he had retired after 30 years, he'd be tried in a civilian court as a civilian. But because this dude, Bagani, was in the, in the inactive reserves, he was UCMJ'd and court-martialed As as a soldier, as a sailor, as an inactive sailor, essentially. So, what they're arguing is that there's like two different rule sets, even though there's like basically no difference between these different sets of retirees. I mean, like tangibly speaking, there's no real difference. Um, So, right now, the highest uh, military appeals court is looking at this uh, to determine whether it's constitutional. It's called the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Armed Armed Forces. If they do not make a decision on this, if they're unable to make a decision on this, then this case will go all the way up to the Supreme Court. That's the next court that it goes to after this. So you do your
0: 20. Then you go, is it, do you have a choice to join the reserve? Uh, or is that going to be like mandatory? So I, So for I know, example. No, it,
1: it appears to be mandatory. I think everybody is in it.
0: So it's kind of like when you first join, right? So you, uh, you do a four-year contract. You are put the IRR for four years. Is it the IRR or is this like uh, because when I'm in the IIR, I'm not held to UCMJ.
1: It's the it's the same idea behind it. And again, I'm not totally clear on that, Rod. To be totally honest with you, if you know, like, are soldiers in the IRR um, subject to UCMJ, or is it just, or is it just retirees? Mm. And I think that's going to kind of be at the heart of this case. Also, like, why are different types of veterans treated in different ways under the law? Why are some um, come under UCMJ and some don't? And it doesn't really make sense.
0: Now, I I know the example that you used is, uh, you know, a creepy dude that's trying to prey on kids. For sure, get that dude. But, uh, you know, I brought up Mattis, for example. Now, a lot of folks were saying, They were under the impression that this type of law exists for people like General Mattis who had done his, you know, I think he did 30 actually, but yeah, uh, let's say he did his 20. Uh, You get out, you're a retired Colonel, general, whatever. And you have, you want to speak up against.
1: Yeah. That's not, that's not how the law works. They can't punish you for exercising your freedom of speech or that, 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 that would not happen or what if you wanted to run for office you can't run for office
0: while you're in uniform uh right. if you're held by UCMJ standards um i wonder how that applies if you do criticize the current administration you as a UC, if i'm held by UCMJ i can't go out and say the president sucks can't do it uh i can provide certain you have to you have to really you know you're dan- you're, you're you're walking on eggshells More more like you're prancing around a a minefield, really. Because when that one goes off, it goes off. I'm very curious about that mentality. Like, is this supposed to quiet down some retirees? Is that the
1: point? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's like, yeah, okay, good luck with that. Like, you're gonna, you think you're gonna shut up a bunch of retired generals by threatening them with that? I mean, come on now. And, and the Department of Justice would not, I don't think they would have it. I don't think DOD would have it. Um, you know, just, like, it's the same thing with like, you know, technically you could drag in, like when you see former, like the, the deputy director of the Central Intelligence Agency or the former dire- like former directors speaking out publicly, making political statements on like MSNBC, technically under the letter of the law, DOJ could probably prosecute them. Um, for, you know, sometimes for alluding to, or skating that edge on what is, what is and is not classified information. But the government is never going to go through the whole Rick roll of having to prosecute the former DCI. Like it would be just such a, a, a um, just a media disaster. It sounds
0: like it's already kind of shaping up to be a disaster if they're not careful.
1: All well, right. They try to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No kidding. So we're We've we've gone from Nazis, uh, satanic Nazis to retirees. Uh, where does this new where does this news week lead us to next?
1: Um to some more positive news. I, I Oh I thank guess. God. Uh, thank you. <laughs> today, uh, so we're we're doing this, we're recording this on uh, Thursday, July 9th, Today Um, is the day the current class of special forces candidates at the special forces qualification course at Fort Bragg, North Carolina are graduating. One of the graduates today is the first female soldier to graduate the Q course and to wear now today she will be wearing the green beret.
0: What does that mean? What does that mean for the SF community? What what's the general kind of a, a feeling towards this? Cause this is, this
1: is big. There's a lot of different feelings. I, I think that, you know, uh, I'll be quite honest with the, with the older generation of green berets, I see a, a hell of a lot of anger um, about it. Um, and, and it's, that's all related to cultural issues, cultural shifts and larger um, political dynamics that are at play. And, you know, uh, that, that, that like 60 to 70-year-old demographic, like they're very angry about a lot of the things that are happening in this country right now. Um, but then I, I shouldn't pigeonhole them either. I mean, there are a lot of um, Special Forces veterans who see some value in this and see this as a potentially positive development. And I was writing today about how, in some ways, this is a callback to our legacy and, and our heritage that comes out of the Office of Strategic Services in World War II. And during World War II, and this is what current special forces traces their units lineage back to, um, there were female OSS operatives. And some of them were incredibly brave. Um, you know, there was um, Virginia Hall was one woman uh, who had a prosthetic leg, um, and she deployed behind Nazi lines several times. Um, another was uh, Rolande Admanson, known as Frenchie. Um, she deployed behind a uh, Nazi line several times as well, and um, you know she made sacrifices. She was captured by the Gestapo, and they tortured her, and they tortured her by raping her. Um, this was a, an incredibly brave woman, and she is a part of Special Forces history. If you go down to the Special Forces Association uh, off on Doc Bennett Road down in Fayetteville, North Carolina, the building there is named... Frenchie Edmondson building <laughs> has her name on it. Um, so this is a part of our history. Women have always been a part of that history. Now, until recently, federal law barred women from serving in frontline combat positions, including special forces. So it was kind of out of the military's hands entirely. It was federal law. Now that has been repealed. Now women are starting to go through the selection process. Here we are at the, at the end point. That one woman has graduated the course. Um, and I think I what one of the questions I have heard over the years is what is the value added here? Like we are going through all this rigmarole, all of this controversy. So what we get one woman in the ranks, maybe? I, there will be more in time, but right now just one. Like where is the value added for this? And I think that perhaps this female soldier answers that question uh, in, in some different ways. Um, because what we have here, and I won't say her name or anything like that, because they're trying to keep her on the down low so that she can go and do, you know, clandestine work, which I respect. Um, but she is of Eastern European descent. She speaks a foreign language that's probably not very many people speak. Um, and she is going to be going, I've been told, to 10th Special Forces Group, who, which that group is fixated, fix, uh, focuses on... Europe as a the European theater. So if you can't see the value in a woman of Eastern European descent who speaks the, the native language and is special forces qualified, I don't know what to tell you right now. <laughs> I really don't know what to say. There's a tremendous amount of value in that. And um, you know, I look forward to, you know, maybe one day I, I can meet her and, and hear her story firsthand, way down the line after after she finishes her military career. But it'll be interesting to see how it all shapes up.
0: Uh, so my problem with this isn't that that she's a woman. It's kind of my, my problem with this story has been a little bit more along the lines of what they're going to do with her and the way that this, this has been handled. So, for example, you're not going to say her name because you're not a shitbag. Uh, there are shitbags out there. And this is going to be one of those. Like, if I, you know, there goes this woman with a green beret. Uh, in uniform walking around and every one of our uniforms right, has right. a name. Um, it's not gonna be hard to be like, yeah, that's right. her. And there's gonna be some shitbag out there with a video with a video and a, a camera. She's her the idea that there's any level of OPSEC that's going to be useful at this point. Is in my opinion, uh, wishful thinking. That's not going to yeah. happen.
1: You're you're, will, you're you're correct, Rod. But that that applies to the male soldiers too. It's, it's not just but there
0: soldiers. But, but there are enough of you guys that you can mix in. Like you don't necessarily. I I you know the lot of SF guys. Um, they don't wear it, the the green beret. Um, you guys, you know, when you're back in the rear, they wear them proudly. Um. The, the real name tapes the whole nine yards. True, but there are enough of you that kind of mix in. You kind of like become a blob. She
1: is like. What, what, are, you, what are you trying to say, Rod? That, that us white guys, we're, we're all, we all look alike. Bunch of bunch of bearded bros with green berets. You know what? Your words,
0: not mine. But
1: <laughs> but I will
0: say that she's going to stand out yeah yeah she's a big she's the she's the flare in the sky um i i kind of wish that this had been kept a little more uh you know in order for her to be useful in order for her to bring more value to a team other than the token female like hey we got one um you know you don't do that with the guys that are doing work with um you know delta you don't they're they're not walking around with green berets typically they're not out there doing their thing and they're not out in the newspapers should be (laughs) some of them wrote books but you know what they're not navy seals boom boom. uh that's kind of where i I, i'm kind of like well we don't want to make her the the token but that's kind of what she ended up being and and that's my concern
1: I think Special Forces Command does not want her to be that. They they don't want her to be the poster girl. I think they want her to actually go out and do her job. From um, what I hear, um, but I mean, you're right. There, this is the first woman to graduate the course. There is a spotlight on it on her, whether she wants it there or not, whether or not Special Forces Command wants it there or not. So it is a little bit harder for her to hide, so to speak, um, to blend in with all the you know the white dudes with beards. I'm joking about. It there are lots of people of color in the ranks also but yeah i see what you're saying she's a, she's the only female there um and Cause there's a gonna, couple different they're going i feel like he's going they're going to captain
0: america her you remember like in captain america where they they juice up this dude becomes a yeah. super soldier <laughs> and what do they do they're like here's your plastic shield going and you're now part of the fucking uh uh mwr uh you're going to go entertain the, the troops and dancing yeah, and, and, dance, and, and, sing, yeah, yeah. And you're a super soldier. Um, I'm afraid that that's what's going to end up happening with her is that they're going to, you know, put her in front of the camera's event. Because the first time you snap a picture of her, she's burned. We can't put her in Berlin or like as if it's like the 1950s. But you can't put her in Moscow and be like, oh, nobody will recognize you now. Like, oh, there goes the female Green
1: Beret, you know? Well, I mean, you're touching upon a much, much larger subject there, Rod, and it has to do with the U.S. military, how the U.S. military is structured. Um, it has to do with title authorities, and, and and this is all the difference between special forces and the CIA, and how people are put under cover, how they're managed. Um, when I say cover, like under an alias with like a whole backstory and all of that sort of stuff. Um the military, it, it, it's not structured for that. It is not structured for covert operations. And the military largely doesn't really know how to do those types of operations. I mean, they, they, they kind of try and some, sometimes they're, they're quite successful at it, but it's not really their thing. Um, and also the military, as you said look, we wear berets, we wear name tapes, we wear patches, we, um, our names appear in promotion lists, publicly published lists. Um, our pictures appear on, on DVIDS, on, on Army published websites. Our deployments are published. And you'd say, oh, my God, we have no OPSEC. We have no, well, the other way to look at this is we're Americans, and we're in a free and open society. We are not Russia where these little green men wearing balaclavas just show up in Crimea and places like this, just like bullying people. Like, that's not America. Like, when, you, when American soldiers show up, yeah, they got the beret on and the name tape. and You can see their face and say, hey, that's Jack Murphy or, you know, whoever that guy is. We're not hiding. Uh, we're out in the open. So there is a cultural clash here between the need for secrecy and the need for openness, the, our, our own American values. And, of course, there is a need for military secrecy. There is a need for operational security. What is the correct balance between those two things? And I don't think the military is anywhere near close to figuring that out. (laughs) You know, frankly, I think the military still wants to act like it's 1945 and that they can, you know, deploy ODA to the Congo, and it'll be hush-hush, no one will hear anything about it. It's going to be completely secret. Like, no, it doesn't work like that anymore.
0: And That's interesting because, you know, coming from the intel background, um there has always been like this you know the intel world you do want to have some discretion but you know as Mm -hmm. a human counterintelligence guys there's people out there doing really sensitive work that is that is work that kind of parallels the cia the dia but at the same time we are like you just said you know we're on the same promotion lists you can go download that promotion and be like Thirty-five mics. Oh, there's all thirty-five mics. Oh, there's all there's three.
1: And then, and then, and then once I have your name, I'm gonna go find you on social media. I'm gonna pop you in two seconds. I'm gonna start making a list. I'm gonna start outlining the table of organization and equipment in your unit. I mean, that guys I, do that to this, us all the time.
0: Yeah, and we've and, done that I've, to them. I've,
1: I've done this as a journalist. I mean, because it's part of my job. Sometimes is to put these things together. It can all be done. You know, on the flip side, the the, how the CIA does things is very different. Those people are not going to appear in official photographs. They're not going to appear in promotion lists that are publicly published, Uh, revealing their names. Now, there is this like notion that you can out a special forces member. There is no such thing as outing a special forces guy. There is nothing secret about them being in the military. There is no law that protects them. If you out a covered CIA official, you will be criminally prosecuted, most likely. That's actually against the law,
0: unless you're and, uh, unless you're a sitting member of Congress.
1: <laughs> yeah, or or the president. Whereas the president right. can declassify anything at any time. That's true. That's um, his,
0: that's his authority. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, there are very different rule sets um, in how these things are governed, and to, when the the military has a very like odd approach to secrecy, and, and in my opinion, some of it is based on just willful ignorance. And the, the, you know, a Hail Mary that, you know, some, some uh, you know, journalist like me won't publish the information about it, like rather than having some sort of actual secrecy in place. But that's because the, the Army operates largely under Title 10 military authorities. The CIA is the only organization that really has Title 50 covert action authorities. So it's a complicated subject. I, I don't claim to have all of the answers. Why don't you have all the answers, Jack? That's why you're here. Um, so...
0: <laughs> Last thing I want to touch with you: uh, How sad are you right now that you have to take a, you got to uninstall TikTok off your phone? Um, I know that I'm Jack, not Jack Murphy never is never put a pro- it on my phone. I know that you are a prolific TikToker. Um, you are behind some of the biggest trends in TikTok. Um, <laughs> I want to know more about that.
1: Yeah, that that yeah, I do those uh, marine videos. Honor commitment. Ooh, uh, he's a Marine. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that, I'm behind I'm the I'm the media mastermind behind all of those videos. Uh <laughs> but no, I, I do not have TikTok on my phone. My daughter says, uh, why can't you put TikTok on your phone, Daddy? I say, because I don't support communism, little girl. Now carry on about your business. Go play Pokemon or something. Not not doing it.
0: Does she have TikTok?
1: She she gets on her mother's phone and has it.
0: So your like, so you, so, you, so mom you know is the communist supporter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I to, I tell them I'm like you know you're supporting the Chinese you're working for the Chinese government right now you know that right, and they're building a database on you, with all the information you're giving them.
0: No, that's interesting because I know the uh, Chinese companies are talk res- about
1: opsec. Jesus. Yeah, no
0: kidding. So the so the Chinese government, um, doesn't directly own these companies, but they
1: but they do but they
0: do right <laughs> like it's free market capitalism uh there it, there it there, there is a
1: there are political commissars from the chinese communist party inside these corporations that help direct and steer the companies
0: so i know they also own grinder they're oh, really yes yeah, so my so they have grinder they have a couple of like European and Asian dating sites, they have access to all of this information, plus the, the TikTok stuff now. Um, so for folks that are like, well, why should I care? Why do what? So here's the thing. Um, this is personal information. This is stuff that matters to you. These are images, videos of your kids, of you. Uh, if you're out there cheating on your spouse right now, in about five years when you're running for that office, you might get a knock at the door, some pictures, some, no, some well, stuff like that.
1: If you're, if you're an army officer and you're using Grindr and, and the Chinese are like, hmm, that's interesting. Look at this guy who's on here having extramarital affairs. You know, uh, it, it's a national security issue. And anyone who has studied history and looks at the history of um, authoritarian governments making lists and databases of human beings should be concerned with this. Um, historically, that has not ended well. And they are not doing that because they are trying to take care of you and, you know, manage our lives for us in a, in a beneficial way. Um, so I've really, really asked people to look at that and, you know, ask why, uh, you know, regimes like the Soviet Union or the Third Reich kept massive lists of people and what they did with those lists. And, you know, on that note, um, if you are getting
0: blackmailed, if somebody shows up at your front door and you're an officer and they show you these pictures and if uh, you just give them some information, they can make it go away. Remember, folks, ask for it in glossy and uh, stay the course, man.
1: And frame Don't it.
0: And frame it. Just to, You know, I'm reminded of, you ever watch the show Billions? Mm mm. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, 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 there's a character in there. I've only watched a couple of episodes here and there, but somebody sent me this really cool clip. Uh, the guy is uh, being interrogated by the police, and the police officer or the FCC or whoever it is, the, the investigators come in. They're like, we have pictures of you with this whole other family, and wouldn't it be a shame if your wife found out? Just work with us. We'll make this go away. Guy picks up his cell phone, and uh, he presses the send button, and they're like, what was that? He said, I just emailed all of that to my wife, my wife and my family. know. I just blew up my entire life. Like you see, he just took their leverage out from underneath them. Um, yeah. I, you w- you want, to hear, uh,
1: th- I, I'm told this is a true story. A friend of mine in the CIA told me this story that he worked for a guy who is a uh, case officer, a crusty old case officer. And he's meeting with a source in a foreign country somewhere. And, uh, this Russian dude sits down in the booth, sitting across from him, sits down, pulls out these photographs and slides them across the table to him. And they are pictures of him having sex with a woman who is definitely not his wife. And this case officer looks down at the photos, slides them back across the table to this guy. says, I don't give a fuck. You want, you want to call my wife right now? Let's call her. Let's go.
0: Hell yeah. See, that's the way you handle blackmail folks. You don't go crying about it. Also call uh, 1-800-SPY, whatever the Army's number is for sure. Let's counterintelligence Report the the SATA threats, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Jack, thank you for being on the show, man. It's always interesting to uh, hear your perspective. And um, let's see how this, uh, what do we got? Satanic, uh, jihadist, Nazis, (laughs) how that works out. Let's see if the retirees get silenced. You know, they give them 10 years extra on top of your service because that's what you deserve after 20 years. And um, let's see how you know, Captain America works.
1: Yeah, right on, man. All right. All right I'll, thank you, Rod. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. Take care. All
0: right, folks. This was the back brief. Uh, you can find Jack Murphy on Twitter at uh, Jack Murphy R G R. You can find me on Twitter as well at Rod Pod Rod. Uh, this was the back brief. That's it. I will see you guys at the next episode. Hey, before I go, make sure you check out connectingvets.com and bet story i know i'm asking a lot of you there's a lot of things happening here at the, the very tail end of the show uh but leave us comments oh, we like interaction this is a video or audio you can't like yell back at me uh but you can you can join the rest of the world and drop crazy comments uh, please don't be crazy um i get enough of those but yeah we do want to hear from you and that's it. that's it okay for reals, for reals this time for reals this time i'm out